This is riveting. Find more at riveting.fm. I'm Morgan, and I'm a publicist. I'm Linda, and I'm a writer-editor. And this is... Drink! Drink! Drunk! It's like a reflective... I, I'm too drunk to talk about it now, but it's like reflexive. <laughs> and this is another thing that gets on my nerves, and it's super specific. Oh my god. Like putting that lubrication on, like, listen, we're about to go from text to a link. A grammar show with, with a, a drinking drink. problem. Hi, everyone. Linda. What? Happy 20. <gasps> Thanks. 20 episodes. What did you get me? And they said we wouldn't make it. <laughs> no, that was just me. <laughs> Coco's such a naysayer. So funny. Um, I got you uh, the beer that you brought here tonight. Mm, thank you. You're welcome. Enjoy. It just that Janet Jackson song just occurred to me. Like they said it wouldn't last. Whatever. I'm not gonna sing it, but I thought it was gonna be down end of the party, look at that body, shaking that thing, looking at it. See my god. That's the only Janet Jackson Janet song. Janet Jackson I think is of. in the studio tonight. That's our big announcement. No. Yep, for not. our twentieth I almost said anniversary. Oh, love would never do without you. That's what I was thinking of. Love anyway. would never do without you. Speaking of 20, mm-hmm. on August 20th, it's our live show. That was such a good segue. Thanks. You're a real pro now. Been working on that all week. <laughs> it's our live show. Yeah, so check it out. We're part of Philly Podfest. Go look up the schedule and come to our show at Tattooed Mom on August 20th. And there's going to be cool stuff going on. We're mm-hmm. cooking. We're cooking it up. Yeah. A good show. We talked about it for five minutes tonight. Hey. Baby steps. Five minutes at a time. 5 p.m. August 20th, Tattoo Mom. Drink, drink, drunk live. It's going to be wild. I saw something interesting recently. And as soon as I saw this headline, I thought, I got to click this. How to say um and like and also sound smart. I really need to know this. I know. I thought I should take notes. <laughs> this is news I can use because I listen to this podcast every week. I know what it's like, guys. I know. I'm sorry. It's we, We're trying our best, but we have a lot of vocal tics. Yes. And so does everybody. So back off. Yeah. Well, you're the one who's saying it, but... <laughs> Apparently, there's something called an um tracker. It's an app that counts how many times you use um. Like in the day? And similar linguistic space fillers in an attempt to help you clean up your speech. Yeah, so nobody run that while this show's on. Oh, my gosh. That would be depressing. I don't think I could test myself in that way. One study calculated that the average speaker will will have a filler or other speech disruption every 44. Every 4.4 seconds. What? Wow, that's a lot. Other researchers have estimated that they constitute two out of every 100 words that we say. Either way, it's a lot of data. So the interesting thing so, about filler <laughs> words is that they're 
nearly universal, but they're also universally reviled. And uh, people like hate specific ones too. Yeah, people are real some people picky. really hate really hate like, and some people are are like, I hear her say um one more time. Yeah. So, oh, by the way, this is by Car uh, by Carrie Rom on NewYorkMag.com, and yeah, people are real obnoxious about what they do and don't like of what other people say, which is just like your business if you don't like how someone talks and don't talk to them we have a whole podcast about grammar and language and you're telling other people to mind their business yep <laughs> stop judging us this is a one-way judgment cycle it's how i live my life it's how i always have don't ask me to change now it's way too late <laughs> never would so apparently though and I just did another big so. Okay, this is making me so aware. And that was a proper so. <laughs> Using filler words in moderation can be a strategic tool. The key is to finding the right, the right frequency, knowing which words to use, and being cognizant of where you are placing filler words. So, for example, Stephen D. Cohen, a professor of communication at the University of Baltimore, explained... People are judged more harshly for peppering their sentences with non-words like um and ah than they are for slipping in other filler words. So um and ah are bad, whereas real words like when people say I mean or like or so, Mm -hmm. they're more – people like that better when you're judging that. What about you know? Is you know in there? Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, you know what I mean – you know what I'm saying? Wait just, a second. Well, I'm sorry. I just want to clarify. People like the real words. Better than hearing better. um and uh. Really? I mm-hmm. actually would have thought the opposite because they're so much more like pronounced kind of. Yeah. Like the you know thing. I just did an you interview know. with someone and he said you know all the time. Yeah. And it's fine in normal speech when you listen back to it and edit it. I was like, no, we don't know. That's why you're telling us. <laughs> that seems like a bad one. But ums are bad too. But that you know thing. Oof. Yeah, I think I say you know a lot. I think I say you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Like That's it's okay. it's all like one word. Yeah, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. We're we're good at that in Philly. You know what I mean. Gee. <laughs> so, <sighs> gosh, it's so hard to. Just start a thought originally. The funny thing is I keep thinking that you're getting mad at me for interrupting you because no. you keep yeah. making these like big gestures and then I realize I'm what, mad at myself. You're mad at yourself. I'm <laughs> mad at myself. Okay. Using a uh, can actually help listeners to more effectively process what's being said, <laughs> but um has no effect either way. Which that is weird. Make sense. So apparently, uh is a signal of a short upcoming delay, and um is a signal of a long upcoming delay, which does make sense. You know, when people yeah. say, I was at the place, uh, what's it called? I was at the place, uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. I don't know. <laughs> it, now I made it a long one, but uh, yeah. You get what I'm saying. Because uh is when you're searching for something. Yeah. And, when uh, it's like on the, the tip of your yeah. tongue. Yeah. Um is a longer, um, like you're really searching. Yeah. It's like on the path for a word to come out of your mouth. Um is when it's still in your head and uh is when it's on the tip of your tongue. I like this little journey. Aw. Also, as important as the word, as the filler, is its placement. There's two places in spontaneous speech where filler words commonly appear. One is in the beginning, 
which is what I'm guilty of as I keep doing during this storytelling, and the other is in the middle. Of the two, filler words located in the middle are not as noticeable and not as readily perceived as a filler word than those in the front and tail end of a thought. Um, I, well, <laughs> sorry. God. This is hard, dude. It is hard. We should never have covered this. Um, <sighs> no foresight. Okay, so I, I do this thing at the end of my sentences a lot, or end of stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I don't know how to end something, and so I... Do you say, the end, and then stand up and bow? <laughs> I should start that instead of what I do, because it annoys even me. When, when I realized that I did it, it was only like maybe like eight years ago or something that I realized that I did this. And I was like, this is the most, and I kept going around to everyone. I probably did ask you at the time. You might not remember, but I was like, this is the most annoying thing you've ever heard, right? Like, I just realized that I do this. You must be, you must hate me. So at the end of a sentence, I go, and I was like, oh, I end, or at the end of a story. So I'll tell like an entire story (laughs) of like a conversation I had with someone. And then I say, and I was like, oh, and that's, that's the that's end. That's the end. That means the end. And so I just like went around to everyone <laughs> and I was like, I'm the most annoying storyteller of all time, right? Because not only are my stories rambly and like too long and I like laugh at myself <laughs> a lot, but also I end it in that super annoying way. And I was like, oh. <laughs> it's not even a clear ending. No, it's not. It's like the middle of a sentence. Have you stopped doing it now? Because admittedly, I don't think I've ever gotten to the end of one of your stories. <laughs> but... <laughs> Do, have you consciously stopped doing that or do you still I do tried. it? I tried. I do catch myself every so often, but it's so natural that I bet you if you had the if you had if you had the uh stamina for this, if you listened <laughs> back at all the podcasts, you would be like, Yeah, that's the most annoying thing that you do. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, oh. It, it's like a tick, except it like is an entire sentence and <laughs> is super specific. Oh. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, oh. The point is that even though people get annoyed when people say like or um or uh, the fillers aren't such a bad flaw that they're made out to be, they're actually helpful in a lot of cases it helps the listener sometimes to actually take the break with you mm-hmm. and to catch up dumbass catch up arrive at the next <laughs> thought it's, it's easier to follow sometimes than some than somebody speaking very clearly and concisely you sometimes hearing a speech or a lecture it's even it's harder to listen to than conversational thought yeah so these filler words are helpful and this a lot of the people that get picked on for this are, of course, women. Everybody says that we say like too much. And I don't even know. This doesn't have data, but I think everybody says like. But it's just something that's been turned into a valley girl stereotype. Yeah. And the author of this article says, it's a comforting line of argument for anyone with a like habit or an um tick that fillers aren't the character flaw they're so often made out to be. For women especially, though, this is a small comfort. Like or no like, people will always find something to nitpick about the way you speak. And then it just links to a whole other story about female voice anxiety and about how people say, oh, you have vocal fry or oh, you have upspeak or oh, your voice is just wrong because women shouldn't talk. Yeah. 
well, after I realized how I end my stories, I sort of thought that about myself. <laughs> Anytime someone asks me about this, I do have to reference the internet mm. to properly explain it. Cool. But it's any time versus any space time. Oh. So, um, oh this is another one that it's, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Well, it's a tougher, it's a tough one. Anytime one word mm-hmm. is the newer word. Oh, this again. <laughs> this again. Um, anytime two words is how it was traditionally um, always written. Okay. Uh, but it's not that recent, I don't think. But it, it's definitely the uh, the one word is the more recent one. Oh, I have a thing. I just pulled it up. 1926. Okay, there you go. So anytime as one word is an adverb, anytime as two words is a noun phrase, who cares? That doesn't mean anything to anybody. Mm-mm. I'm down for wine anytime. Okay. That's one word. Because okay. if any time can be replaced with like whenever, mm. um, it's any it's one word. Okay. So that's the adverb. Um it also can't be used with a preposition, the one word one, but it can be completely replaced. With at any time. So back it up. What is using it with a preposition sound like? Okay, so I'm down for wine anytime. I'm down for wine whenever or I'm down for wine at any time. Mm -hmm. With two words. So any time two words means any amount of time. Um. So okay. the good grade makes any time I spent out of the bars worth it. That's inspirational <laughs> for all of you college kids out there. Yeah. Um, so if I were to replace any time in that, I would say the good grade makes any amount of time I spent right. out of the bars worth it. So okay. if you can replace that, it should be two words. Yeah. Um, uh, Any time you spend watching Big Brother could be better spent taking a nap. Oh, she's such a bad <laughs> That's two words. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime I'm on this podcast with Linda, <laughs> I have to get drunk. But that's one word, right? Because it's like whenever. Yes. <laughs> Learning. And then it can also be Learning. used with the preposition. And when it's with the preposition, it has to be the two words. So okay. the Golden Girls is more relevant today than it has been at any time since the show aired. Okay. Okay. So basically, if you can say whenever, use the one word. Okay. If you're in doubt, use two words because it's the... Um, the, I saw that on Grammarly because it's like the older one, it's probably yeah. more correct most of the time. So yeah. just And if anybody who's reading it has been alive before 1926, they won't bat an eye because they exactly. don't know that it's just common yeah. to them. If someone, says, if someone texts you and says, when can 
when do you want to come over or when can I come over? And you say anytime, it's one word because that means whenever. And I feel like that's the only time people really use it in their real life. <laughs> that's really true. <laughs> yeah, I don't really say anytime. Do I? Maybe I do. It's for another show. Just kidding. That would be really boring. Out like this, riveting. Do you remember when we talked to Julian Emmy from BuzzFeed a while back and we were talking about grammar tattoos? I think about that interview every day of my life. And what um fucking creep. <laughs> <laughs> What's Emmy's tattoo? I'm sure you know. She has does she have a dash? I think she has a dash, yeah. An N dash or an M dash. Mm-hmm. Or she has the grammar oh. she has the proofreading mark Smart, for an yeah. Yeah. yeah, the proofreader's mark for an M dash, I believe. So we were talking about grammar tattoos and our discussion with them, and we very briefly touched on a semicolon tattoo, and then we moved on from it because we somebody in the conversation had realized that that was actually not a grammar tattoo, and we shouldn't talk about it. Uh, so we just kept moved on with the conversation. And the just the other day, I saw a link called "Why a Semicolon Tattoo is the Most Beautiful Tattoo," and it was not something I had ever thought about since that mm-hmm. conversation. And I clicked through, and I thought that since I didn't know. And I found this information helpful that our listeners would too. Mm -hmm. So the semicolon tattoo actually doesn't have anything to do with grammar. I mean, it depends on the individual who got it, but the reason... Yeah, I'm sure some people have a semicolon tattoo because they're word nerds. Yeah. But back in 2013, Project Semicolon was born and it was started by a woman, Amy Bluell. And she did this to honor her father who took his own life and she wanted to give voice to her own fight with mental illness. And the idea was to encourage anyone haunted by these demons to draw a semicolon on their body, photograph it and share it on a given day to encourage love and to inspire. And they explain the thought behind this symbol. They say a semicolon is used when an author could have chosen to end their sentence but choose not to. The author is you, and the sentence is your life. Aw, I never knew the meaning behind it. Yeah, so I it's like that. It's really beautiful. Yeah, I didn't know either, and and now we know. And knowledge is power. And the more you know, the more you know. So very cool. Thank you, Amy, and Project Semicolon. And that was a very inspiring thing to do for your father. <laughs> Listener email time. Mm. If you guys want us to read your emails, email us. (laughs) Email us, period. Send them to drunkwordnerds at gmail.com. This is from Chelsea. Longtime listener. That's how she starts her email. Did you memorize it? No. Longtime listener, first time emailer, she says. And then she sends a link to a Twitter conversation she saw. Twitter? Twit- have you heard of it? It's a social media site. Mm. People call it a microblog. Do they really? That's- I really don't know that. No, when it came, I don't know if they do anymore. I remember when it came out and nobody knew what it was, and the only thing people knew were blogs. That's awesome. Like microblogging, and that's back like when 
podcasting was just becoming uncool before it became cool again. Yep. Is it cool again? It's very cool. <laughs> Can't you tell? <laughs> Look around you, Linda. <laughs> Anywho, Chelsea sent us a Twitter conversation that made her think of the word nerds. Aw, she's always thinking of us. It's about the use of Ms. and Mrs. in the New York Times. And she says, what's the deal with that? What's the deal with Miss and Mrs. in the New York Times? Only, guys, wow. Jerry Seinfeld's here. Yeah, Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> I'm really good at impressions. Can you keep doing that? <laughs> with the arm waving, too? <laughs> uh, really calm. Yeah, we should actually have a... a I was going to say, a show on the television. God. <laughs> yeah, let's not. Wait, at the live show, let's just do all of our best impressions. <laughs> Linda will do her Jerry Seinfeld. Wait. <laughs> Speaking of shows on the television, I was... Gilmore Girls yeah. or Golden Girls. Which of your up-to-date references are you going to drop next? Or Seinfeld. Wait, maybe it's friends. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um I saw this link recently. This is so off topic, we're probably gonna cut it, but I saw this link recently about this like you know how people are YouTube famous? Yes. So the only episode I, my goal in life. <laughs> okay. Well, we're on the wrong platform. But <laughs> um the the only episode of this like YouTube series that I saw was their very last one, and it's this couple who lives in Philadelphia. Do they play pranks on each other? I don't know what they do on the show <laughs> because I never watched any of it. All I watched was their very last episode, and they were ending it because they were breaking up and they lived together. But wait, I was like watching this being like, this is not real life. They were like being super serious and like being really sad, and like it was a really long, like yeah. 15 minute thing, and they were like, we're just so sad to tell you guys this. And we know we have so many fans out there and we're disappointing you. But oh it gosh. is so much pressure to have a relationship and this YouTube series. <laughs> and like they kept talking about it like that. Like it's so awkward. Basically, the reason for their demise was this like added layer of the YouTube series that they had started. And they oh were God, so. Nobody had a gun to your head. Yeah. They were so sad to like be letting people down and like, but this has really put a lot of stress on them. And they. You know, it was just so funny because I was like this. I sent it to um, Anthony, my husband, and I was like, this should be our goal. He never responded, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Here's a tip, kids. <laughs> Don't put your relationship on TV or YouTube or, YouTube. or a podcast. <laughs> just kidding. Just, she just gave Brian side eye. Uh yeah, but if you need proof, watch any season of any Real Housewives. Yeah. Every single person gets divorced. That's a good point. Yep. Lisa's but you're famous. <laughs> That's true. Narcissism, not good for relationships. Mm-mm. They always thinking about themselves. Kind of the opposite. Anyway, I think those YouTubers play pranks on each other, and that's their shtick. And maybe that's why they broke up, because pranks aren't nice. Yeah, and they probably had to spend a lot of time prepping for it, too. Yeah, I don't like the pranks. Uh, 
I hate pranks. I hate hearing about them. I mean, I certainly don't like when they're done really? on me, but I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that about you. Listen up, George Clooney. <laughs> I like can't take it because I feel so bad for the people who are getting pranked. That's also why I can't watch game-based reality television like Big Brother. Is that a prank? I'm not saying it's a prank. I'm saying I feel bad for the people that lose. Yes, they really? deserve it. I also can't watch. Losers. I also can't watch game shows for the same reason. Wow, like Family Feud. Yeah, just Golden Girls where everyone wins. <laughs> yeah. What about The Price Is Right? Nope. I also get embarrassed for the people who are doing good when they're being like nerds and stuff. like I get too embarrassed. Like if we're ever watching television, Anthony will be like, "Stop being embarrassed!" Like he can feel me like cringing yeah. at things, and he's like, "Stop being embarrassed." How do you listen matter. to this show? Oh, I barely can. You guys know I send you emails, and I'm like, we have to delete that entire episode. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> I hate my life. <laughs> Why does anyone ever talk to me? Well, thanks for <laughs> sacrificing. <laughs> That was great because we had to fill some time on this episode. <laughs> so thanks for that. Getting deep into Linda's schadenfreude issues. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, give us a review. Oh, are you doing this? Please. Matt Moraldo left a five-star review and he said, this show is hilarious. I don't normally take advice from drunk people, but I've actually <laughs> used suggestions from this show in my professional career. You should start taking ad- advice from drunk people. More my often. writing has definitely improved. If you like educational humor, you should check this one out. Thank you, Matt. And I agree with Linda. Go out on a limb. Talk to a drunk person. Yeah, they're never the know. You never know. Remember when that drunk guy, uh, when I was walking to your house, uh, called me Miss America? No. <laughs> Yeah, I was on my way oh, here. Yeah, I do. And he was like, see, Matt, look what could happen to Were you. Were you really excited? I was like, I don't know if I should be excited about this or not, but I'll take it. Like, did you take the compliment or whatever it was as more of like Miss America, the beauty pageant, or like Miss America, because you love America so much? <laughs> Were you more into the America part of I it? I don't know if I was like wearing or doing anything that would let she him know. She was carrying several large flags. <laughs> your talent portion? <laughs> tap dancing with a, a, a monkey puppet or something? Is that what they all do? Yeah, that's what they all do. Tap dance with monkey puppets. (laughs) (laughs) All right, leave us a review. (laughs) Maybe we'll butcher it like we butchered this one. It's a great story. You are a bad listener. This has been a riveting production.